welcome back to the Brown Taboo Project. Um, I'm Tanya. I'm Shreya. This is Sri. And I'm Trinish. Today, we're going to be talking about beauty standards in the South Asian culture slash community, stuff that affects men, women, babies, children, everybody, everywhere. So, um, what are your thoughts? I think one of the, one of the things that we see a lot um, are beauty standards based on skin, skin color, right? Correct. Yes. <laughs> we discussed uh, for this episode to start out by going in order of our skin tones. And Tanya, who is the most light-skinned, the most fair of us all, got blushy, which is hilarious to be like, you're getting called out on your white skin. Especially because the rest of us can't blush. Exactly. <laughs> we're all dark and we're, we're used to it. It's fine. Oh and then Tanya's like, oh, I'm Parsha. Oh, no. Stop. Oh, my God. This happens all the time. We're and fair and lovely. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> okay. That's one compliment I will not take. Okay. Um, no, but this happens all the time where like um, mashis and aunties are like, oh my God, you look so great in that color because you're Farsha. And I'm just like, what? I don't understand. Where is this coming from? Like anyone can wear any color. It's fine. Like, can I get a different type of compliment based on like my achievements? I don't know. Well, one thing I find interesting is that there's like very much a hierarchy of like skin colors. Yeah. Um, and a complete side note, I was actually going through shadi.com literally like uh-uh. right as we're talking. Cause Wait, I re- distinctly recall, no, I distinctly recall there used to be, a section where you could you chose skin your skin tone. Yeah. skin tone yeah there used to be and i i was like this would be great material for our episode right now but they actually <laughs> just got rid of it so now i have a shadi.com profile wait you just <laughs> created one i thought you were like going back through your you're suddenly like you know what i don't want to date my partner no anymore. i was like, creating Let's go it right now for this episode because that's how dedicated i am oh wow Michigan. But, so, uh, did you just look it up? Like, did they just get rid of this, or has this been gone for a while? I mean, I I recall hearing about it like a, a few years ago, yeah, a while ago. So, I'm sure after the whole, I'm sure in the past few years or so, they phased it out as like more and more awareness, uh, you know, as awareness has increased about mm-hmm. this skin color inequality, so to speak. But, um. A couple of years ago, my friends and I were drunk at Thanksgiving and we spoofed and made me a part matrimony um, profile, which just said, I love samosas and there was nothing else on it. Um, but oh it color. It did. And it said like Swedish. <laughs> That's what we yes, picked. Swedish. What, what is this mean? weird color? <laughs> what color even is like wheat? Gum? <laughs> like the, the color of hives? I think of like cream of wheat. I think of it as a like... <laughs> Like, like oatmeal. oatmeal? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a bran. There's a little oh, bit of brown in there. It's not Check just out oatmeal. my hot wife, the color of oatmeal. <laughs> Yo, girl, you look so good. Your skin looks like Quaker oats. <laughs> so partial. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're going to be like, eat more oatmeal, it'll make you parsha. That's so, but I'm curious about this, right? Because colorism and shadism exists in so many different cultures and communities for sure. And obviously in the US and in the Western world, we're pretty used to racism 
and that being more explicitly based on ethnic grouping and racial grouping. But it's so interesting how this exists in so many different cultures, like within the community itself, mm-hmm. there's still a gradient based on color. And then it's like, yeah, what are these obscure, at least when it comes to, <laughs> I'm saying at least when it comes to discriminating against people based on their ethnicity or race, there's like an actual something that you can talk about in terms of culture being different. Like, I don't like the way that you cook your fish and I'm mad at you for that versus like, I don't like you for having this random skin tone that doesn't really have a distinct difference in terms of anything about your background whatsoever. It's just like for being cream of wheat versus the color of Krishna, which. Right. Like this is how much melanin your skin produces, you know, based on your genetics. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it goes back like, I don't know. I'm not a scholar in this, so I can't be like, this is what it goes back to. But like, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, it was a very easy way to differentiate between the rich and the poor. Who's picking the wheat? Who's picking the wheat? Exactly. Literally the wheat pickers. Right. Who's (laughs) out in the fields, yeah. The, you know, overlords and their... But I mean, I think it goes deeper than that because that's... Of course. Tanness, right? And so there's something to be said about tanness and how much you're outside, but then there's like a difference of just what your innate melanin is. And I do... That's colonialism. Well, well, even more that than that's fair. Even more than that, there's um again also not a scholar on this, uh, but I'm pretty sure there's some link to like Brahminism, like being high caste and being high caste coming from like quote unquote the Aryans and that those people being quote unquote because they were from Central Asia, they were like quote unquote like light skinned. They're more weedish. Yes, they're more weedish. And so there's some connection there between, um, again, I would have to look up the actual things, but there's definitely something about like light-skinned means like generally like priestly class, like higher caste. Um, So Ganesh, do you want to explain a little bit about Brahmanism and what that means? Well, so um, my understanding of the topic is that uh, way, way back in the day-day, like 3,000 years ago-ish, when Hinduism was being started and like the... Cast- Prior to Jesus Christ, just saying. Continue. Yes, yeah. Um, and like <laughs> when um, when the caste system was being kind of like codified properly into uh, in the Indian subcontinent, there was definitely this idea that uh, the high castes... Um, who generally were like the religious purveyors, um, they had the power and they put themselves up at the highest point of the hierarchy. And um, in many cases, these people were um, lighter skinned because they came from groups that came from like Central Asia or stuff like that um, historically. And so... uh, you know that's that's like not a uh, that's not the whole the whole picture, but that's like a very basic idea of like what what that is. Um, so this goes back like a very very long time, but it's interesting because even in like very old Hindu texts and stuff like that, like Krishna, the god Krishna in Hinduism, 
uh, is like well revered, but like even um, his name means black in Sanskrit. Like that's what the word Krishna means. They don't teach you that in school. <laughs> they don't, and they like he's this like weird like sky blue color in most like depictions nowadays. But he was supposed to be literally like black skinned. Um, like his name is that, um, and he was supposed to be super handsome. So just saying. <laughs> and so like thunder and yeah, exactly. Yeah, so dark that he is. He appears blue in in his magnificence and in the beauty of his skin. Yeah, and Rama is also depicted as blue. Vishnu is depicted as blue, which all means that they're all actually just super super dark. Shiva. Yeah, Shiva is blue. A lot of the Gali is actually just black. Yeah, yeah, she's the only one that kind of skated by. Actually, there's an there's um, a, the South Indian, uh, version of her, is also black. Mm. And this goes back to a, like a very Never classic seen. religious um thing, and this is common in like a ton of religions, not just Hinduism, where white is like pure. And black is unpure or like or like evil sure. mm-hmm. in some way. Um, yeah, like lots of gods who are depicted in like white or wearing white clothes. It's because like they're like you know like pure and pious. And, yeah. Um, yeah, is that why Santa Claus is white? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Hello, Megan Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but even so with colorism it's interesting i mean we touched very little on like you know brahmanism and you know kind of this idea but like even within the south asian subcontinent or within india i'm talking specifically about india because that's where my knowledge comes from there's a huge divide between like invisible line between north north indians and south indians like Mm -hmm. this like and like a prejudicial one yeah very prejudicial one and it's largely based on skin color it's not anything else there's this like you know kind of weird belief oh north indians are all light-skinned and you know like looking and south indians are all like dark-skinned and ugly and the thing is people across all regions of india have varying shades of skin color Mm -hmm. right so like that's a really weird stereotype i have phenotypically can be so different in terms of facial features yeah exactly i have south indian friends who are you know as pale as i am or you know ranging to every other shade that we see in brown people right um and yeah it's genetic it's like runs in your families and um but it's just a really strange thing of like you know grouping south indians together quote-unquote by their skin color and making it a bad thing and making fun of their food or making fun of their, you know, um, and, or even worse, grouping them all and making them all um, Tamil or saying, oh, they're all Madrasi or, you know, like that kind of thing of like South India is a very diverse place. Lots, you know, just like anywhere else it is in India, right? Tons of different cultures and languages and traditions and everything. But we like, lump them into oh they're all from madras which we don't even say anymore Chennai. which is a weird like yeah stereotype for north india but also like on the flip side for south indians um you know the stereotype that they hold is that like they're the pure indians right um, whereas north indians are mutts right um, right right that we came from and, somewhere and else. as a result you know as a result of years and years and years of you know conquests and and being conquered by various you know 
um, various groups, you know, Mm -hmm. that mixing has led to us being not real Indians. And because South India was never quite able to be conquered that way for various geographical reasons, they're like the pure Mm -hmm. Indians, right? Yeah. Um, Did y'all hear? Oh yeah, go for it. Did y'all hear about this study that came out, which basically um, they were trying to find genetic traces of like um like north indians and south indians and kind of like uh like tracing the human genetic history of the continent and it's uh so interesting because basically what this study came out of is that like um there were again this would be like four thousand four thousand five thousand years ago like like indus valley civilization time uh where there were such a group as ancestral north indians and ancestral south indians however it is impossible for someone to look at your genetics today and identify whether you are north or south indian because there is so much mixing um and there has been so much mixing there's like it's not something that is like there's no genetic difference anymore and that got a lot of people butthurt about really? it. Huh. Yeah. There was definitely some like nationalist groups like like you know like especially those who like think that their region within South Asia is like the best um who were like kind of mad about that. Uh but like the science is very clear like we're all brown. There's been mixing for thousands of years. To to go back a little bit um, when we first like introduced the topic, I'm, I'm curious to know how it affected like you all growing up. Cause some of us are fairly dark. Some of us are not, but like, was it ever a, a topic of, was your skin color ever a topic of discussion? Like within family members or like in the community, did you have self-esteem issues around it? Did you ever use fair and lovely? <laughs> I think for me personally, it's actually an interesting thing because I am definitely way darker than my sister. And Didi, my older sister, takes after my mom's side of the of the house more, and I take after my dad's side of the house more. And that definitely shows in terms of lots of different features for us both, but like especially in terms of skin tone. And Didi is so fair. Didi is so Parsha, as we say in Mangla, to the point that she is often confused as like Persian in in her features, and she has very light eyes as well. And so I've always known that growing up, but it never was really presented to me as like a deficit on my end or anything in that way. Um, I think it's just more like when you look at us as sisters, we look so different that people are like, "What?" People literally don't believe that we're sisters often. Wow. Um, I think now that we're older, we look a little bit more similar, but especially growing up and especially when I'd be outside more and be even darker, um, we just look so different. That being said, I think, I mean, definitely really privileged to have grown up in a way that neither Ma nor Baba ever put those like you are, you need to be outside less because you're going to be too dark and like look bad or anything. Um, I think the biggest thing was that they were concerned that we were short and we were given grow right. <laughs> that is an actual supplement that Ma bought when we were in India. We were given grow right. Um, 
I mean, I think the bigger, the bigger thing that I would experience was more around hair. And I think that's definitely persisted to the present day for fucking sure. Like in terms of colorism and shadism, I think there's obviously understanding around those being inappropriate and totally unfair beauty standards because there's literally nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. And obviously with hair, to a great extent, there's nothing you can do about it. You are as hairy as you are. However, there's so many methods of removing it that um, that's like the one that I can remember in middle school at some point is someone like pointing and laughing at me because I had a unibrow and I was like, guess what? That next Monday, I didn't have a unibrow anymore. <laughs> like, got rid of that Same. shit. Yes. Yep. I got teased for gorilla legs. Unibrow, remember, for sure. Remember that. Yeah. Finish our one male. Did you get yeah. a tease for your body hair at all? Uh, in middle school, I think people used to like point out that I had like very hairy legs and stuff. Um, but like, now you get to be a bear. Rawr. That's <laughs> disgusting. Never see that in my presentation. <laughs> no, yeah. I think like also like within like the MLM community, there's a lot of like weird things about like hair. Hair. Yeah. In terms of like, yeah, you're like, more of an otter. It's true. Standards in general. Yeah. It's like, if you're, if you're hairy, then you have to be like super muscular. If you're like skinny and hairy, then that's like weird. Um, and just like you can a be lot an otter, stuff. you can be skinny and hairy. Okay, that you yes, otters are great. Okay. It's a niche taste. My ex is an otter. I'm otters. But like, yeah, I think um, I think it 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 made me super self conscious in middle school. And then by the time I got to high school, I was like, I, this, is, this is just it. Um, and then when I got to college, um, I got self-conscious about it again. But uh, yeah, I think so. Did you grow back out of it? You just graduated college. Where are you now? Um, I'm, I think I do like a l- little bit more like taking care of my like Manscaping? Yeah. But like, uh, but like, not to a horrible amount. I don't like mind. I think like I'm like, oh, my body is my body. Take it or leave it. Hmm. I love that. I think I finally gotten to that point. Like all I ever did really was shave my legs after somebody teased me about my leg hair, and then I started getting my eyebrows threaded in like sophomore year of high school and that's mainly because I just liked the shape of eyebrows like killer eyebrows you gotta say something about it Mm. that's like the one thing I do nice it's like and it's like an art I just love the look of it um but I frames your whole face you know it just exactly there is just something nice about it but I've also gone like two months without getting my eyebrows done same. And they go back to being like square or like rectangles <laughs> above my eyes, like little forest rectangles. <clears throat> um, but I've never actually really felt the need to like get any, uh, like remove any other hair on my body for like personal, for like um, public appearances sake. Mm-hmm. Like my arms I've never bothered with and they are, Oh no. Just oh, no. as hairy That's as my legs. Work. Too much work. It's too much work. It seems so unnecessary. But I don't know why. Like, 
I don't know why I'm able to like differentiate between my legs and right. my arms because right. plenty of people do do their arms, but I've just never felt the need or like my upper lip or like my chin or like other facial hair besides my eyebrows. I don't know. I just, I really like, I think after I started like, um, uh, or sorry, after I graduated college, I kind of just like ran out of fucks to give in yeah, terms of hair right. removal. I think it's that's expensive. actually, it, it is. It's definitely expensive. Very expensive. And I think that's like one thing it's, that's probably, I'd say one vector that I am still self-conscious about and that I beat myself up about Yeah. in a way that the beauty standards of it. And I think this is partially, that's actually kind of like something that's unifying for people from the South Asian diaspora versus white people here, or actually probably any other race or ethnicity person here, because it's like, Literally, when I first moved to Colorado, for example, I sought out like the other two brown people in my whole program. And it was like, where do you get your eyebrows done? Because it was like, you got to tell me, like, you got to tell me the spot. Because it's not, it's like, it's a, it's a more unique thing to our culture to have more body hair. And that's like, generally not seen as a attractive thing, especially in this culture. Um, and something that I still beat myself up about, because I think my natural tendency so often is to let my underarm hair grow out and not really care and like leg hair especially when it's if you know if it's like okay I'm gonna be in a pool or something like all right fine I'll clean up but like aside from that I don't really want to Mm -hmm. and yet for example for like special occasions I somehow feel a need to like there's Mm -hmm. some pull there even if no one's literally gonna see me just like just for myself Mm -hmm. and it bugs me it bugs me it's like something that I want a beauty standard that for the most part, I don't care about in general many or all of these beauty standards, but this is just one that continues to sit with me, and I don't know why. I'm the same way, Sri. Like, Sri, so Sri and I had this like huge discussion when I was in New York, where like I was telling her about like I was started doing like laser hair removal um, last year. Like, I finally like um, shelled out a small fortune to get it started and then is my it the, the official one or the one you'd like do on no, your own because oh that's no. a whole I thing too 100 burn myself with it because i would just be like yay let's do everything and then um i would be reduced to a pulp so no i trust it to a professional <laughs> Keep your you're like i'm just gonna me. burn myself like a match there's yeah. just nothing left <laughs> <laughs> i'm like no skin no hair to worry about <laughs> it's true So, um, no, so like I started doing like my underarms and like my upper lip and, you know, every session cost like over a hundred dollars and I was doing it at, uh, to my work because they had a Medispa and I got an employee discount. So that's the only reason I was able to like start it. And then the stupid spa starts shut down. So (laughs) I need to find a new place to continue the process that I've started. Um, cause otherwise it's like, if you, I feel like if you wait too long between the sessions, you lose what you started. So I'm like, I've already shelled out $300. I'm not losing more money. So I'm on a time crunch to find a new place. But like, we were having this discussion about like, why, you know, like, and even me where I'm just like, why am I going through this great length to like, you know, get rid of like, eventually what I hope is all of my body hair. Um, but like, I, that, you just want to be a naked mole rat. That's what you yeah, aspire to. Except for the head, you know, hopefully that'll, that'll stay. And the eyebrows, and keep the eyebrows, it's weird. And the eyebrows and the eyelashes, I guess. Um, the head is the one place where I wish I had more hair and I don't. And I'm That's like, so funny. take everything else and just put it up here. Like that would be great. Reappropriate a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just some, you know, follicle redistribution process. Fat um, redistribution. Also helpful. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's just like, 
it just like you said, Sri, like for whatever reason, like my self-esteem is a hundred percent tied to like how hairy I am or I'm not because I've mm-hmm. grown up, I think it's like, to me, it always felt extra self-conscious because I was light skinned. Mm-hmm. I felt like, yeah. you know, like one day after you shave, like you can see everything and that may not be true, but like, that's how it always has felt. And so like, and for me, like, um, you know, having gone through tons of steroids for pain, mm-hmm. um, that made everything worse. And then I started like waxing my whole face and like, it and now like I maintain it and I've you know I do some of it myself I'll go to a salon every once in a while um as like a splurge but that shit is expensive man like threading your whole face yeah. is so fucking expensive. I, I n- yeah. never will thread my whole face Not but like waxing, painful yeah waxing is. is like tolerable but like 50 60 dollars each time oh, you know, God, to yeah. do it I mean so it's like it's a very expensive hobby basically yeah. you know are we, I feel, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna, I was gonna say, are we willing to take it to hoo-ha land? Wait, can I just mention one thing before we venture down there? Yes, do it. Um, (laughs) So for those of you, you all might know her, but for those of you listening, you must, must, must follow um, an activist named Harnam Kaur. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because after I discovered her, she's dope. Yeah. I feel like I really lost the last of my fucks when it came to body hair, and now it's really just like if I feel like it, I do it, but I don't. I I used to feel like what we were talking about this like need to do it, and I don't feel that need anymore. And I really do think it's because I started following her and following her journey, and basically, um, she has. Uh, some kind of hormonal condition um, that like means she grows a lot of hair and for her it manifested in like this beard essentially that she was growing and so for she got bullied a ton and went through a ton of like expensive hair removal things for years and years and years and finally she was like what the fuck am I doing um and she's sick, right? So that yeah, part she's, of it just, she's sick, and so part of that was also like it was a religious belief, faith, right? Um, in terms of removing hair, so she was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna be who I am, and people are gonna laugh, and I'm gonna own it, and it'll be fine." And yeah. it was, and she is so fucking cool. She does all these amazing photo shoots. She's gorgeous, um, and she just like totally fucking owns it. And I'm like, if she can do that, then this is nothing truly nothing what the fuck am I worried about and so I love that and if you're not following her already you totally should um her handle I believe is just at Harnam Kaur yep H-A-R-N-A-A-M-K-A-U-R go give her a follow yeah, okay. no, I, I think it's no, for for exactly those reasons that I think, I mean, this is obviously something that extends not just to South Asian culture whatsoever, but I think it is still tinged within South Asian culture, especially because of what we're talking about in terms of being hairier than the average other mm-hmm. person across this earth. Um, and so then like trying to date and have sexual relationships in this landscape with this landscape is... <laughs> <laughs> A lot, right? And it can feel... I've actually... I mean, I'm a pretty frank person. Some of you might know. Um, really? And I've had I've had this conversation with different partners of mine over the years of like, 
am I the hairiest woman you've ever been with? And in terms of how I choose to maintain my own body hair in terms of my private parts and deciding like what level that you're comfortable with and that being such a personal journey. And yet also like, I think about them like white girls don't look like this and like don't even have to deal with it in that sense. And it's not, I mean, there's so many different types of beauty standards that we can talk about, right. Of being like, I'm self-conscious of my brown nipples or I'm self-conscious that my vulva looks different. Right. So all these different things that might also be based somewhat on your culture and your ethnic and genetic makeup. But even aside from all of those, those honestly don't really bother me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm proud of my brown nipples. Great. But somehow the hair part is like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like that was the most common and in some ways visible thing. And so that's what a lot of us have been bullied for and and called out on more. And so that's why it feels more sensitive, even if we've developed a thicker skin in so many other respects and like, whatever, mom, I'm going to get tattoos. I'm going to get piercings. I'm going to wear skimpy clothes if I want. I don't really care about that other stuff, but like the hair thing remains for whatever reason. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. I think I've, been through my own kind of journey as well in terms of like you know kind of going all out you know and then living through the pain of that and then being like oh god and like doing it for a long time and then deciding you know what nah it's not worth it anymore um and actually having someone else tell me that like they didn't need all of that you know that they would prefer if i if if i didn't do all of that and i was like oh i feel like wait, you look what? like a 12 year old when you told right? me like, no, to get rid of like, all of it and you're like, like no wait, one wants really? to fuck a 12 year old this is not good this is <laughs> not like, going well oh um everything is smooth and oh okay well <laughs> i was like well honey you just saved me like 70 dollars a month so <laughs> amazing exactly. and so like since then it's just been you know how I like things, um, where everything is neat and clean, but like definitely never, ever getting a Brazilian never in my whole life would not recommend. Very painful. I stupidly like went in for one and they were like, you could buy a package. So I bought a package. <laughs> they upsold like, you on your oh removal of body hair. That's my dumbass bought like 10 fucking Brazilians. Oh my God. Or like half Brazilians. Cause I was like, look, I don't care about my front parts, but no one. It's touching my butt. <laughs> no one's my going butt to hole is staying hairy. Yes. I want that shit hairy as a bush. Staying that way. I don't care. Get out of there. That's only for my poop. When no I when I look at an elephant's ass, I feel comforted. I feel understood. I feel known. You feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened with the 10 did you use them all did you give them to a friend i i mean i i think i have one left but it's been like three years that I've been <laughs> i think it may be expired 10 and yes. every time i go back they're like have you been shaving in between i'm like yes obviously <laughs> like what the why the fuck would i come to you <laughs> right for this torture that I bought every time, <laughs> Jesus, I have to like will myself to go there because I'm like I paid a shit ton of money for this. Otherwise, I really would just like get rid of it. But yeah. uh, the rest of the time, like I do, I do like shave down there. But like shaving's never gonna get you all the way clean, and also it takes so fucking long that half the time there's a bunch of hair it's left. Exhausting. So I'm like, what's the point? Right, like. But there is something to be said for the fact that, like, sometimes it makes me feel sexy. You're right. 
And that's um, the fuckery of it, right? You're like, and that's oh, the fuckery of it. And so sometimes I do it, but also like I've been with my boyfriend for six years now and he very early on made it clear that he really didn't care, which for anyone listening is this how they should all be partner. Yes. (laughs) And so I was like, he doesn't care. How the fuck am I doing this? And it's just, it's like, why do you wear lingerie? Because it makes you feel good sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's not, there are some girls who like, or some people I'm sure who like, shave every single day my roommate my former roommate used to shave every single day mm, that's too much i can't work. even take a shower every single day <laughs> she would shave every single day <laughs> i don't think anybody should ever feel beholden to such high standards that they feel the need to shave every day but maybe it maybe it made her feel good and like who who are we to judge yeah right. i mean i think ultimately like that's 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 the full nuance and beauty of feminism right it comes back right. to this thing of the flip side of it, like I, I still heard the slight shame in your voice as you were like, "Oh, 100%. Makes me feel sexy, th- okay?" Like, <laughs> oh, for about me, oh yeah, right. No, and like that's myself. and that's okay, right? So that piece of it being like, so sometimes I want to wear a cami and have my underarms not be shaved, and I literally don't give a fuck in that moment, right? But on other days, if I'm like, no, I want to because I know I'm gonna wear something that's uh, sleeveless, and like I want to. That I shouldn't feel angry at myself or like beat myself up for that part mm-hmm. of it either. And I think it's, it actually kind of makes me think about, um, I'm thinking about Oluk Menon and all of the yeah. amazing a- activism and fashion and just like being a model and being this amazing star, really. I mean, like Oluk Menon has taken right. over way beyond just the South Asian community now to like really sure. be an important figure overall. And I think that one of the most impressive things that they do is to be able to be like, this is my full arm hair and I'm wearing a shari. This Mm -hmm. is like my full body hair and I'm very masculine presenting. Like you can tell that I have facial hair, that I have a lot of body hair and I'm able to be femme in this moment, or I want to have a really non-binary presentation in this moment. And Mm -hmm. to be able to still play with that is like similar to what you're saying um, in terms of, I'm going to blank on the name right now. Harnam Kaur. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, of being able to model that and like the difference that that makes for us and being able to see these different representations of people mm-hmm. who, even if maybe they still struggle sometimes on the inside, but like at least in terms oh, of the public of sphere and sure. being able to share that and empowering us to feel more okay with our yeah. own ways of wanting to play with gender or play with presentation or just not give a fuck, like just Mm -hmm. be done and tired and it's expensive and all this. And like, I just fucking want to wear a dress today. So I'm going to wear a dress and it doesn't matter whether or not I've landscaped properly before doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, I think for me, what always kind of gets me is like, you know, it doesn't matter if it's like hair or like beauty or like not wearing makeup or whatever, right? Like you're just going about your life and you're happy and you're doing this. And then it's some auntie or somebody who's like, oh, why do you look like that today? Or like you didn't, you know, why did you do your eyebrows or like whatever it is? Or like even one that like I have been called out on before. It's like, why are your underarms so dark and you're wearing sleeveless, right? What? Shave my underarms and everything. It's just like, and Are you supposed to bleach your underarms? I was like, um, that's the color that they turn from years of shaving. That, and that's true like, too. Yeah. As someone yeah, yeah. who's a little bit more light skin, it's it's really it's it shows, right? And like 
I'm like, I'm take my shirt I, off and look at my underarms now. Right. And I'm I know. like, Let's not like a, it's not like a, and, and you know what it is? It's almost equated to like being dirty. Like that's yeah. literally what I've been told. It's yeah. like, it looks like, like, like you have it. And it looks nongra. Like that's the be- best way I can say it. And I'm like, right. hey, but like I'm wearing deodorant. I just took a shower. I smell amazing. Like, what do you mean? It's like hyperpigmentation because that's what happens to South Asian skin when like, right. you know, especially in the underarms where like, it's not like, you, you know, you don't walk around like this all day, right? Repeatedly. So it yeah. doesn't see like the light of the earth ever, right? <laughs> you know? So like that and to the point where like, I have literally seen products that are like, for lack of a better word, like underarm foundation. Wow. Really? Or South Asian people. I didn't even know that. Not to like, you know, I'm cool. I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, South Asian women run business. Great. Like I want to support, but the person in me who's like, you really don't need makeup for your underarms. Like, it's just like, eh, no why is that a thing why are people buying this why are people like on board with this like Like, when india released that um that like vaginal bleaching mm, fair and lovely for your veg yeah yes excuse me god yeah that's a thing um i don't know if it's still around this was a couple years ago i I really hope it's been banned it was though like it, it was recent. I mean, it was in like the 2010s or 2000s yeah, was, or something. That sounds like. absurdly unhealthy for your pH like three balance. Five years that ago? cannot be good. It cannot. It no. was like literally in the like. I don't know, Shreya, if you watched the same commercial that I did. Yes, I did. And it was you know the you could lady in the white jeans or yeah, whatever. and she was like married or whatever, and you could tell yeah. her husband was like oh like not like hip with it or like not wanting her or whatever, and then she like got this miraculous product and her vagina was really white. And then she was like dancing around in her little white jeans and like, you know, she put like the car keys in her pocket and, you know, he went to like pluck it. And it was just like this very thing of like very obvious thing of like, oh my God, my vagina is like an abnormal color now. So it's like, oh, fuck me. I'm so grossed out right now. It's It's, it's the Amita Bachchan look where you're white underneath, but dark on top. (laughs) yeah it was disgusting (laughs) basically um i don't know what it was called but um it was like the fair and lovely for your badge basically yeah it was really weird yeah and it's also i will say like these standards seem to apply largely to women like yes i know you know when you're talking about different you know men and things like that people will still put their skin color in as like an introduction like oh have you met so-and-so they're really like farsha or have you met so-and-so they're really dark and you're like okay (laughs) what else do they look like I don't what does that have to do with anything right but like with women it's like especially I think in in our culture like there was literally a thousand things you have to you know you have to be skinny you have to like have but you have to have like birthday cards and like yes right and like can't be like shukno right but can't be fat either and like not be right. hairy and be farsha and like have long hair and like just like you know how you know, how your nails are supposed to be how much jewelry you should be wearing or not wearing how much cleavage you should be showing or not showing like it's fucking exhausting man like i don't know like yeah. how you're supposed to keep up with all the rules right whereas like men with a spare tire can go <laughs> into like functions wearing like a radius polo and yeah cargo shorts. that they're about to burst out of yeah. Let us not forget that most people at like South Asian or at, I guess I won't really only see this at 
Hindu weddings, but like they show up in wife beaters. Mm-hmm. Like the groom is just wearing a wife. I'm sure there's a better term for it than wife beater, tank but top. I don't. I, yeah. Is yeah. it just tank top these days? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The groom is wearing it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because it's over like a dhuti. You're saying over. Yeah, yeah but also you're yeah. showing up here when you're a wife beater. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Well, like no one's. That's I mean, the I know tradition, it's right? You're starting. You're starting your journey as a wife beater. For they had like, wife beaters in the Vedic age. <laughs> oh God! I think that's also specific to Bengali weddings. Yeah, because right? I think I think the option is to be cut like bare. Yeah. tested, yeah. Not yeah. supposed to be wearing topless. Topless. So we're like, yeah. oh my god, I'm self-conscious. About Wait, my... I want to have a topless Wait, wedding. Their standards like were fun. so low <laughs> that they were like, if you're cold, all you have to do is wear a wife beater. It's fine. We've got we like know. Sherwani's Punjabis out the door. Right. But for you, just get a wife beater. <laughs> Meanwhile, the woman has to wear like a 10,000 pound binarchy. And, like, These bitches are getting up gold. at the crack of dawn before dawn, before sunrise to like yes. do all, start all their shit. And, and then fast. The just and rolls out of bed, puts on right. a wife beater and go gets married. Goes up to the wedding. Here, here's a silly hat. Now you're married. Good. You're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is why I don't want to get married. If I get married, I'm going to be the one. I'm wearing a wife beater. <laughs> like now, what, bitch? You're gonna, girl. Yeah. You're gonna be busted out of that thing. That's gonna be. It's not gonna be into container be mass. Walk. It's not gonna work. We'll, we'll get. will get one back. It'll be very sexy. <laughs> um, but that is a good point. I am curious about what you all feel in terms of like revealing clothes and how that has gone for you. Because I, I think that is a thing that across genders is something you see a little bit more in terms of like, obviously there's an expectation of modesty. Mm-hmm. And I think that, for example, that's like one that I do remember explicitly getting told is for example, like if we're going to India um, when it's hot out of Maz, like you cannot wear shorts. We mm-hmm. can't, you, I don't, you know, they were never really weird about it when we were here in the U S like it's common in the summer to wear shorts and that was fine. But going to India, like, no, you're not allowed to do that. You can wear something, sleeveless that's okay but you can't wear something that actually shows your legs or like goes above mm-hmm. your knees mm. um i think my experiences were has been i think probably maybe typical of a lot of people were like you know you know what the rules are in the house you know what the rules are when you leave the house um you know and my mom's just you know kind of has this attitude of like you do whatever when you're in your apartment like when you're out with your whatever but like at, you know there's certain rules like if you're going to pujo like you you know um even to the point where like wearing sleeveless was not a thing for me until actually fairly recently really? yeah uh, like I was surprised like this year at Pujo I wore um, you know a blouse that my mom got me a really cute little black sleeveless blouse and she was like oh you look so great it looks so great and I was like wait what like you're not gonna yell at me so the beauty standards have changed they have changed a little bit they've updated Uh, but like or have the people changed because like maybe I think the people have changed too and like but where the beauty standards come from I think I one of the things I've noticed with I think my family in specific is that my my like my what they expect me to stick by in terms of modesty has to do with like my weight like which sounds weird when you say it but like for example like I remember we went to Canada like a bunch of years ago like in the summertime and I was wearing like a kind of you know like at that time from forever 21 like a cute little like sleeveless uh, skater dress that looked really, you know, flattering on me, like, cause I have wider hips. Um, but it like cut off somewhere above the knees and I was wearing a knee brace. So like it 
it was comfortable. But like, I was told like, oh, like, because you have thick thighs, like you should look into longer dresses, you know, Mm. versus like someone else who was skinnier or or even a friend or like, you know, someone, my contemporary, if someone skinnier were to wear something like that or shorter, which I've seen constantly in our friend circle, it's never a thing, you know, or like, Mm. oh, you should not wear sleeveless because you have fat arms, like, Mm -hmm. which like... I've internalized to the point where like even I get self-conscious doing it and it makes me so angry because I'm like Mm -hmm. and I've I've literally like argued with my mom and said there are people with fatter arms who like wear sleeveless so why can't I like you know why like are you making me feel bad about like the way my body is or whatever you know but like yeah I like it sucks because it gets so ingrained in you and then you can't like if I ever go out with my friends and wear something revealing, I think about it like four times, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, should I like, is someone going to think I'm a slut? Like, you know, just these things that like, as a quote unquote woke person, I should, I should never, and other people do it. I'm like, you go girl, you look amazing. You look so fuckable today. You know, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, like why are my boots? I look so like, like an elephant. Yeah. You know? Yes. Like it's, yeah, it's very conflicting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the weight thing you bring up is an interesting one for sure because this is another this is another thing that I've seen in our household my, myself versus my sister of we have very different body shapes and my sister is much more pear shaped and a heavier person than I am. We're both small statured but she's just got a thicker bottom than I do. And that has absolutely come up in terms of like what we're allowed to wear and being told explicitly like I, I remember this being a big fight one year of Ma saying, you know, Didi came down wearing something and Ma was like, you can't wear that. And Didi was like, why Bon is allowed to wear it? I, why can I not wear it? And she's allowed to wear it. And it's, I mean, I totally, totally, totally am with her, but it was like just the really explicit expectation that it's going to be different based on your body shape. And to an extent, I mean, there's like, so for example, anyone who's bigger chested, right? There's always that of like, Mm -hmm. things are gonna, the same exact tank top is going to look different on both your bodies. You're going to look more booby. You're going to be busting out of it in a different Mm way. Um, Shreya at her wedding with her tank top versus me at my wedding with my tank top, we're going to look different (laughs) in them. Right. (laughs) And so there's like a certain amount of like, (laughs) we will. Absolutely. There's, there's a certain amount of just acknowledging what your body shape is and like dressing for it. And I understand that part of it, but the fuckery of it is like that the standards then change. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like across the board, you're not, no one is allowed to wear um, something that's sleeveless. It's like now all of a sudden, only if your arm is a certain circumference, are you allowed to wear a sleeveless top or whatever it might be. And it's like, you know, like I have um, friends who are like super thin. I mean, like stick thin. Okay. And like, they get like, they get picked on too, where it's like, oh my God, like eat a little bit more. You're so skinny. Like, and I'm just like, you're doing the exact same thing as you would to someone who's like, quote unquote, fatter or like, you know, above like the average or whatever. And so it's interesting because it's like, you shouldn't be too skinny, but you shouldn't be too fat. But if you're, if you're curvaceous, great, but you have to keep it all under wraps. Like no one can catch a whiff of the, you know, actual shape of your boobs or your hips or like, you know, like it all has to be like, everything has to be contained and like put away and like, well, there's no winning. There's like, right. Right. And no one's, yeah, there's like no, make them happy. Everything is like a problem basically. No matter. It's interesting. Cause like my parents were never like, you can't wear this. You can't wear that. 
But growing up, especially starting in middle school, some of my close friends were Mormon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so riding on the bus with them, they had this they had this thing that they would always say, modest is hottest. Whoa. <laughs> um, so and I was like, actually, yeah, I I agree with that. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've never been one to like really wear revealing clothing. Um, and then I think because I started developing earlier than a lot of my friends and things, I wanted to like keep that under wraps as much as possible. So I would mm-hmm. wear, like, mm-hmm. you know, two sports. I wore two sports bras until high school. Um, Your poor bubkas. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> they were actually my sports bras were really comfortable. But I like two, comfortable. that just seems like so I know. much fabric. It was, a, it was a lot. Um, but like I, I don't know. I guess. Um, I don't know. I just internalized that. And so I, I, I was never really into wearing like tank tops and things unless it was like underneath something. Um, and like, even, even to this day, like I, I shy away from things that are like a little too low cut, for instance, Mm -hmm. or I, I don't wear sleeveless. Um, I don't like really short shorts, um, and how much of that do you think is like your just own internal, what I personally am comfortable with versus, and it's, uh, it's obviously hard to tease these apart, but like the accumulation of years of crud of being told or expected or, you know, whatever yeah, these things think, placed on you versus just an internal sense of self and how you feel most comfortable. I don't know because a lot of it is also because I don't want to be looked at. Hmm. Um, like I remember we went to India one time and I, I wasn't dressed in a, I think I was wearing like a cellar camis, but I had like a crossbody bag and my mom was like, you should wear it just like on your shoulder because if it cuts through your chest, it like mm. pushes your breasts out more and people will look. And I like really, I, I hate being Damn. leered at. I yeah. hate it. It mm-hmm. makes me feel so uncomfortable, especially when you're with your parents. Yeah. Um, Conversely, though, if you have your bag on your side <laughs> shoulder versus across your front, you're going to get it more likely to be stolen. Yeah, like, exactly. There's no right. winning. Exactly. There is no winning. <laughs> no winning. <laughs> we all need to get breast reductions. <laughs> I think that's the most. I know. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, I, I don't wear, like, revealing clothing or whatever, and, like, I still get you know, weird looks in the street or whatever. So there, there truly is no winning. People are still like, you gotta lose weight. Right. You know, your butt's looking like a tanpura. Extra juicy these days. <laughs> like a tanpura. Like a tanpura. Oh that's God. amazing. Um, <laughs> juicy, juicy gulab jamuns. Can I exactly. tell y'all a story to close on? Oh, yes. Story time. This is, this is, this is actually a pretty rough one. It's a, it's a, it's a personal story. Um, I, so we're talking about beauty standards and we're talking about that within the South Asian community, which is a big part of it, but also like specifically being South Asian American and growing up here and what that therefore the expectations are and like how you fit in or don't fit into this culture. Um, and I have one that really stands out to me, which I was 16 at the time. So it's, I think that's part of what's striking about it is I was like on the older side as well. Um, and shout out to Ma if she ever hears this. Um, we've we've talked about it, we've processed it, but it's also something that like definitely sticks out for me, which is that I had gone to the beach with two of my really good friends who are both white, and Ma was the one who took us. So like the 
the three of us young 16 year olds and Ma was like our chaperone. And um, then in the car ride home, we had just dropped both of them off to their respective homes. And I remember very distinctly, we're pulling into the garage and Ma's like, your friends are so lovely. Like we had a great time at the beach. I'm really glad, et cetera, et cetera. And she was talking about how, how great they are. And like, she's glad that I've got these good influences in my life and good people, et cetera. And then she says to me, she's like, Chotu, you know, you will never be as beautiful as they are. Mm. Straight up. And I was shocked. Like, I was like, what? And she's like, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're not as beautiful. I'm not saying that. I think you're gorgeous. I'm just saying the world will never see you as beautiful as they see them because they are white. Mm-hmm. And they're both beautiful girls and so are you, but you'll never be as pretty as they are. And I mean, <laughs> that has definitely sat with me. And we've, you know, we've talked about it and Ma's like, I'm so sorry that I said that and I, that it, you know, that it, I don't mean it in that way. I don't want the world to see you that way. But she was essentially just telling me like, yo girl, look out. <laughs> like this is how yeah. the world is going to see you. And I'm just telling it to you like it is so that you can protect yourself. And I obviously got really upset and she like later came in and she was like, no, but look at your curves. Like they don't look like you, like you've got this and you've got that and, and trying to kind of make up for it in some ways. And I, I mean, I get what she's saying. Like she really was just saying what the fucking truth is um, and not saying that there was something wrong with me so much as what's wrong with the world and just the way that you're going to be perceived. But that has, even as much as it doesn't like, I'm fine with the way I look. I'm happy with the way I look. And then still there's like that little ding in certain moments of being like, dang, is it just that I'm never, even if I'm super pretty for an Indian girl, like, is it always for an Indian girl? And is it never going to compare? Is it never going to be able to match up? Yeah. That's my story. Fuck that. You're beautiful. Thanks. It's a lot of unlearning as we found with, pretty much every topic we've ever taken on is that there's a lot of unlearning <laughs> to yeah. take on both, you know, on our parents level, our level, mm-hmm. future generations level. I mean, it's never, you know, we're never going to be perfect. We, you know, I think like one of the things is like that I still have discomfort with is like when I make judgments about people and I'm mm-hmm. like, ew, like, why, you know, then I like beat myself over it. And I'm just like, wow, like, why did I think that? Why did I say mm-hmm. that? And it's like, it's never going to be like, we're never going to become like one perfect entity who will never be judging of anybody and who, will, you know, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think as you were saying, Sriya, like it is a process and we hope that like each like we always hope that each generation becomes better than the last. Right. Mm-hmm. And like right. our generation, you know, with like things like, you know, dark is beautiful, like all these different things mm-hmm. that we're talking and, about, at yeah. least things will get better and try to make it a little bit more explicit and a yeah. thought process and conversation. Welcome yeah. in everybody who is not as privileged and you know, yeah. has had different experiences. Yeah. yeah. My and favorite takeaway is that even after all that, you still came out loving yourself and thinking beautiful. <laughs> yes. And that's really yeah. all that matters. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard, but I think that's all you can do. Right. Is know that like who you are, who you are. Yeah. yeah. 
That's all you should do. That's all that should mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. Is that you know who you are and that you love who you are mm-hmm. yeah, and that you don't give a fuck about what anyone else says. Exactly. Yeah. Like finding things that you love about yourself. I right. like, like, yeah, just it's, it's so interesting. Cause like, it seems like of a lot of the topics that we've covered so far, this is one that like, it seems like all of us have, and are still to some extent struggling with Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to like many of the other topics once Mm -hmm. we kind of like learned better information or like you know kind of just like thought about it critically um, it's like much easier to shift our perceptions Um, but this one seems to stick for whatever reason and that kind of sucks it's weird because it's weirdly personal. Mm-hmm. It is very personal. Yeah. Even though it's it has unique. nothing to yeah. do with like, who we are on the inside, it is weirdly personal. Yeah. My grandmother, um, I didn't know her very well. I lost her when I was, I think, 11 years old. And she lived in India, so I, I never really had much interaction with her. And um, she, for the entire time that I've been alive, was in a um, kind of a... a a mentally vegetative state um, mm-hmm. because of a medical issue. Um, and so she also often wasn't really um, ver- verbally um, communicative, communicative, <clears throat> but sometimes she'd have these periods where she'd say something, but oftentimes it was just like grunting and things like that. Um, and when I was really, really, really young, like five or something um she had one of these moments where she was talking and she said to my mom that i was very smart and intelligent but that i was also very dark Mm. and that's the only thing i know that my grandmother ever said about me Mm -hmm. wow that fucks with you dude yeah yeah and again i don't care because like i in the grand scheme of things i'm actually not that dark at all right I'm weedish. And it also doesn't matter. <laughs> but it also doesn't You're matter. You're also smart. I, yeah. yeah, I am smart. And that's all that matters. So what if you are smart and dark? Like, why right. does that, you know, like. Why are they mutually you know, exclusive? Right. And right. Why, why is it that, like, one of Pro, them. Pro, con. Like, yeah. yeah, like, one is negating the other mm-hmm. person. Just, like, stating, yeah. okay, this person is kind of dark-skinned, but also really smart. Like, and also really smart. Not, but also really smart. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and maybe that's, that's what she was trying to say, and maybe I'm translating it wrong or whatever. But like, yeah. it's just, it's a weird like thing to hold on to. Yeah. <laughs> it is, and like, <laughs> especially for a five year old. Absolutely, that's and absolutely. I like not to like get in on your story, but like I hear people say this all the time when they're talking about someone. Oh, she's dark but beautiful, or he's mm-hmm. dark but you know, but, like, and I, I just yeah. like you know um he's hot for an indian guy yeah, like all like, of that I mean, sort of it's, yeah it's yeah that same thing and it's like but those two things can be yeah. facts and be good things like one doesn't it doesn't detract from someone's beauty or, or yeah. add to someone's beauty right it, you know like there's like a scale right of like oh more far more beautiful more dark mm-hmm. less beautiful yeah like it's yeah. weird yeah So a practice to end on, I think, and this is just, this is like both in terms of interacting in the world and seeing it outside of yourself, but also just for yourself as well. It's like anytime you have a bad thought about yourself, if you, you know, look in the mirror and you're like, ugh, my, I I have a mustache today. I look so ugly, right? 
to then instead think three things you like about yourself mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. identify those. And the same as like, if you're walking past a stranger on the street and you have some sort of snap judgment of like, um, why are they wearing that shirt? That's so ugly. Or like, um, mm-hmm. they look ratty or something like that. Right. So instead stop and be like, okay, why did I just have that snap judgment about that person? And what are three things that I can think about them that are positive instead of mm. going straight to that point? So that's like, I think, Danya, to what you're speaking to of, yeah, the snap judgments don't go anywhere, but the ways in which we choose to interact with them or react to them or just like how much we choose to engage with those ingrained biases is really what matters. And like the point at which we can make a make a change in the way that we interact with ourselves and with the world. I think I really like that. it's sometimes like not your first thought. It's your second thought that I feel like sometimes matters more where you're like, wait, why did I think that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like where if you just think it and you go, then, then you're going to be like that forever. Right. But if you, like you said, take the time to think about why you thought that, I think that is a good thing to do. Well, thanks for joining us, y'all. We've been having a good time talking about stuff. And if this is bringing things up for you like it does for us, we'd love to hear from you. You can always reach us at South Asian SMH on both Instagram and Facebook. We love getting your direct messages. We love seeing when y'all post with us and share things with us and tag us in them. You're also welcome to check us out at our website, www.sesma.org, S-A-S-M-H-A.org. There you can send us inquiries, messages, give us any topics, any suggestions you have, or bring us out for a workshop if you like hearing what we're talking about and want to want us to bring it to you. We love to do that. Thank you so much for joining us and let us know your thoughts. We love to hear from you. I'm Sri. I'm Tanya. Shriya. And I'm Trinish. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Future is female.